Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Sportscaster and Her Son, where sports bridges the gap between the generations. I'm your host, Peggy Kaczynski, 12-time Emmy Award-winning sportscaster in Chicago. I'm the baby boomer, and I'm the mom. I'm Jason Commander. I'm a freshman at UC Austin. I'm a contributing writer for College Basketball Review. I'm a talent for Texas Student Television. I'm Generation Z, and I'm the son. And you know what? This is going to be a quick conversation. This is what we call a mini episode with no ads and no sponsors. Although, Jason, I think we're going to see lots of ads with uh, Tom Brady after his fifth Super Bowl MVP, his seventh Super Bowl championship. Wow. Not exactly the game I was expecting, even though we did talk about the GOAT in episode 41. Great stories from one of his former coaches. So if you haven't listened, definitely check it out. But let's talk a little bit about the quarterback play in the Super Bowl. And wow, the GOAT really outshined the kid. And he can thank his defense for that. No, absolutely. I think that first and foremost, we do need to give credit to the Tampa Bay defense. Anytime that there's a transcendent talent figure, one of the most accomplished and notable athletes of all time in Tom Brady, anytime he's involved in something, he's going to get the spotlight. And deservedly so when you're 43 years old and you've won your seventh Super Bowl. He now has more Super Bowls to his name than any franchise in the NFL. Now, like I said, the Tampa Bay defense absolutely deserves credit. I know that there are two alignment out for the Chiefs, but time in and time out this season, this Tampa Bay defense has been criminally underrated. They have Jason Pierre-Paul, who seems to revive his career after being with the Giants, and he had the accident with the fireworks, and now he's back to being a top-tier guy up front. Shaquille Barrett is the most underappreciated, underrated defensive player in the sport. He had 19 sacks last season. His performance last night should not have been a surprise to anyone, but it still was. Devin White White and Levante David are arguably the greatest linebacker combo in the sport right now. And then the secondary that nobody thought would be able to do anything against the Chiefs actually really won them the game. Carlton Davis did a solid job on Tyreek Hill after Tyreek Hill burned him for over 250 yards the last time they played. Antoine Winfield, the rookie out of Minnesota, with an interception and then questionable penalty after the fact. But the point being, the Tampa Bay defense looked incredible. I don't know if it was really a product of Mahomes looking bad. He was just overmatched. Jason, they listen, 49 pressures by the Tampa Bay defense. Oh, they knew what they were doing. That's a Super Bowl record, 49. I mean, talk about giving them a bad day. I saw this great stat. Um, NFL Next Gen said that Mahomes actually ran for 497 yards before his passes and his sacks in that game. 497 yards. There were times he was running backwards for his life. It just, the defense was pretty incredible. Yeah, I I just, I think that, I know that I did see that same Mahomes stat this morning, and that was incredible to me. Watching the game, it just seemed like every single time the ball was snapped, he was immediately running around. He was kind of like Johnny Manziel at Texas A&M, but like a far less efficient Johnny Manziel. Uh, Mahomes, you know, this, won't be something that drags down his legacy. I mean, of course, it's going to be a bump in the road for all those people that think that Mahomes can be the next guy to win half a dozen Super Bowls, which I don't think anyone will ever do again, ever, especially in today's NFL. Um, But Mahomes didn't necessarily look bad. It was just the play calling by the Tampa Bay defense was so good. It was like the only big chunk plays that they could get were with Travis Kelsey was the only guy open, and that's just his the Buccaneers' defense has struggled all season against tight ends. So, 
Brady looked good, not great. He's 43 years old. He will never look great in a game again. But that was a classic Tom Brady Super Bowl performance. He's not going to throw for 500 yards and five touchdowns. He's going to get the job done. The Tampa Bay running attack looked really good between Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. And Tom Brady just did his job. That's what makes him the greatest quarterback and probably football player of all time is that he's not an exceptional athlete. He's not going to outrun you. He's not going to throw the ball farther than you. But he will outthink you. He will win the mental game. And he will get his job done. Nobody in the history of the sport has done a better job of playing their role to a T than Tom Brady. And last night was just another example of that. And Jason, a franchise quarterback, the effect that he can have on a team during a pandemic when numerous players were not on the Tampa Bay roster before Brady even signed with them, uh, after he signed with them, they had constant turnover. They were they were mixing up that roster, uh, a, a season that did not have a training camp that, like football is uh, used to. Uh, they did not have meetings like football is used to. Uh, doing things via Zoom and the number of reps that he did not get with some of those players who were all new. It's pretty incredible what he brought to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And my goodness, he even looked smart with Gronk. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't. How about, how about the game by Rob Gronkowski last night? It's kind of easy to put up numbers when you're always wide open, but considering the fact that he sat out, what was it a year, two years, um, seems like he never wanted to play football again based on the testimonials that we heard about how he woke up one morning after winning the Super Bowl in tears because his leg hurt so bad and he like hadn't had a pain-free day in like 10 years or something because of all the hits that he takes. And Gronk went out and had an incredible game last night and it looks like old-fashioned Brady and Gronk in New England which is so cool to me as a sports fan and I'm sure it was really uncool for Patriots fans. <laughs> but no, I just think, again, like I mentioned, this was another example of Tom Brady being the greatest of all time, took down the team that nobody else could really beat this year and did it with ease. The game really wasn't close past the second quarter. And yeah, it was it was an excellent performance all around from Tampa Bay. I just think that we'd need to do a little bit of a better job of spreading around the credit. Bruce Arians deserves a lot of credit. That certainly is not an easy job when the spotlight when you go from being in a really, really small market, one of the smallest markets in the NFL, and then you make a signing like Tom Brady and all of a sudden everyone wants to interview your players and every single game that you're going to play is going to be prime time or nationally televised. Not an easy job to coach during that, nor is it an easy job for some of the guys like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Levante David, that have been there for so long and have grown accustomed to just being this mediocre mid-team that gets only regional or local coverage now to be becoming a team that's in the national spotlight with like the blink of an eye. So I think everyone on Tampa Bay's side deserves credit. The Chiefs still deserve credit. It is impossible to repeat in any sport, especially the NFL. And to be able to be just as excellent as they were last season during a COVID season is incredible to me. And I think that the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid still deserve a lot of credit. Okay, so it brings me to the next game, which is the off-season game of checkers and chess between NFL teams with the quarterback position. And there is expected to be a ton of movement at the quarterback position. Lots of names up in the air. A lot of talk uh, Super Bowl weekend about Carson Wentz and possibly going to the Chicago Bears. What do you think? Well, I think that there are better options out there, but... But I think that people are not focusing on 
with the Wentz trade that this should be is right now the big rumor going around is that it would be Wentz in exchange for this year's first round pick, Tariq Cohen and Nick Foles. Everybody always likes to get all up in arms when it comes to trading a first round pick, and I get it. So let's be honest. Look at the way that this team is drafted. What are the odds that they draft a superstar caliber player with their first round pick? Probably not going to happen. So if you can take that first round pick and turn it into a quarterback, somebody who has been a franchise quarterback before, was horrible last season, but has been a franchise quarterback before, and and the most important part, in my opinion, the cap room that they would open up. Right now, the Bears have zero cap space. The way that the roster stands right now, if you don't move some guys around, make some cuts, this team, is we're going to see the exact same team on the field week one of 2021 as we did get blown out against the Saints in the playoffs. So by trading for Wentz, and the rumor going around is that the Eagles would take up at least 60% of his contract, so that would be a big win. And trading Tariq Cohen, who's on a very bad contract, guy who relies on his speed, on cutting up field, on being a quick back, who's coming off a torn ACL, getting rid of him and that money would be huge. And then Nick Foles, getting Nick Foles out of the locker room and just shipping him away and to be done for him for, for good would be a great, great move. So by getting once, you're getting a mediocre quarterback, but you're also freeing up cap space to build around him. To bring back Allen Robinson, maybe add another receiver, shore up the O-line, fix the defense up a little bit. This would give the Bears flexibility. It wouldn't give them a Deshaun Watson type guy. or It wouldn't be the same impact as trading up for Justin Fields or Zach Wilson. But it's a really smart financial move. But at the same time, big gamble for Pace and Maggie, considering that they barely got retained after last season. And they're putting all their eggs in the basket, seemingly on Carson Wentz. I think that that's dangerous but it's not the horrible move that a lot of people are making it out to if it happens, obviously. Yeah, and, and the kiss of death may be if you followed Tariq Cohen on Twitter, and he said that he just got off the phone with Coach and everything's good, he's not going anywhere. Well, as if the coach would tell him, yes, you're being involved, you know, included in a trade. One of the most talkative guys on Twitter, on the Chicago Bears. So, Jason, before the Carson Wentz rumors started with uh, this possible trade to Chicago, we did ask some of the reporters and sports talk show hosts in Chicago who they thought would be the Bears starting quarterback week one of next season, 2021. So here are our guest predictions. Hi, guys. First-time podcast guest, long-time listener, uh, Mark Silverman, ESPN 1000, co-host of Waddle and Sylvie 2 to 6 every day on ESPN 1000. I am going to go, and I had a list the other day on the show of 17 quarterbacks who could be had or who could be on the move. And out of all of those, if I have to pick one, I'm going to go Jimmy Garoppolo. I believe San Francisco's in a position right now where they have a really good thing going and they want to replace Jimmy G since he's been injury prone. I think you can get Jimmy G for cheaper than he's been, whether he's cut, you could sign him for a cheaper free agent deal. He may want to go back to New England. Maybe Belichick doesn't want him. But Ryan Pace, Eastern Illinois guy, um, also, um, you know, fellow good looking guy, just like with Trubisky could uh, veer that way as well. So I'm going Jimmy G, and as a close second, maybe Gruden gets rid of Derek Carr, and the, the Bears would trade for Derek Carr. But those are my two. If you force me to pick one, I'm going with Jimmy Garoppolo. This is Patrick Finley of the Chicago Sun-Times and the Hallis Intrigue podcast. My pick for the Bears quarterback in 2021 
is Sam Darnold. The Jets quarterback is probably not too much longer from MetLife Stadium, given that they have the number two pick in the draft. He's only three years away from being the third overall pick in the draft. And get this, he's only 23 years old. He turns 24 sometime late in the spring. This is a guy who you can dream on in terms of talent, in terms of pedigree. And yet he has experience. Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are entering a, a must-win season. I don't think they can afford to lose games watching another quarterback get his feet wet in the league. I think Sam Darnold provides that right mixture of he's been there before and he's still got uh, quite a ways uh, to go to reach his ceiling. That is my pick. This is Adam Hogue from NBC Sports Chicago and the Hogan Johns podcast. Truth is, I have no idea who's going to be starting for the Bears in week one of the 2021 season. However, I'll give a boring answer uh, and then follow it up with an exciting answer. I'm going to say Nick Foles starts week one, but that's because the Bears draft a quarterback early. How about Alabama's Mac Jones? And he'll be ready and waiting and learning behind Nick Foles and will probably, like most first-round quarterbacks do, end up starting sooner than later. But week one probably still going to be Nick Foles in that situation. This is Kevin Fishbane from The Athletic, and I could always count on Peggy Kaczynski to have the tough question. I spend days thinking about it, and I keep coming back to the possibility that Nick Foles is the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears in week one of 2021. How Bears would it be if that is the result? And it could be that they just find a veteran quarterback who isn't that good. Um, musical chairs goes on and on, and Ryan Pace doesn't end up with the guy he really wanted, and Nick Foles improves with a full offseason, knows the playbook, knows the coaches, ends up winning the competition. What if the Bears decide to go all in on the draft and get a top 10 draft pick and they would prefer Nick Foles be that bridge quarterback? That's another scenario. I, I don't see Deshaun Watson. Uh, it's hard to see some of the other guys that would be definite starters. So I'm stuck here in February wondering if it's going to be Nick Foles in 2021. What's up, everyone? It's Mike Berman from NBC5. All right, here we go. Tackling the million-dollar question. Who's going to be QB1 for the Bears week one of next season how about we answer a much simpler question who's not going to be qb1 week one of next season deshaun watson please i beg of you i implore you bears fans quit living in la la land watson's not coming to chicago to save this franchise now here's what's scary it realistically could be nick Foles or another similar retread quarterback that's the starter week one but I'm going with a rookie. I say Ryan Pace, who's shown a willingness to trade up in the first round in years past. He does it again this coming draft. He doesn't trade up for a guy like Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, but he gives up a little bit of draft capital to move a few spots up in the first round and get a guy potentially like Mac Jones. Maybe Pace learned his lesson this time around. He didn't take the national championship winning quarterback when Watson was available. Maybe he takes Jones this time around. And I don't think there's a single Bears fan who would have a problem with that scenario. Hmm, very interesting. We'll see. Our thanks go to Mark Silverman of ESPN Radio Chicago, Patrick Finley, Chicago Sun-Times Bears reporter, Adam Hogue, WGN and NBC Sports Chicago, Kevin Fishbane of The Athletic and NBC5 Chicago's Mike 
Berman. And do not forget to check us out on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, sportscasterandherson.com. And please download, subscribe, and rate us on Apple, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Podbean, or wherever you get your audio. It was a quickie today. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Stay safe, stay healthy, and so long. Bye, Jace. Bye, Mom. Bye, Mom.